Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the kind parenting company, wife, proud mom of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. So as a spur of the moment kind of thing, I've decided that I will do a podcast sharing my journey throughout the whole process of having a breast lift, including the consultation, the recovery, and all of the ups and downs because I'm only one week in. And I'm already finding it so interesting. And before I had the surgery, I couldn't find much online that really took you through each week and what to expect. And of course, every single person will have such a unique and different experience. And there are so many different variables because, you know, we're all we're all different. And I'm sure that surgeons operate differently, you know, to a certain extent. So I'm not saying that my experience is gospel, but I know when I first began looking into my options, I couldn't find a lot. There were a couple of vlogs here and there on YouTube, but I didn't find any that I really, really connected with or felt kind of encapsulated the whole journey, which is hard to do in a vlog. But with this podcast, what my intention is is to sit down. I don't know whether I'll do it weekly. I'll just see how much changes week to week, but definitely to begin with, um, frequently sit down and share with you what the recovery is like, because it's kind of a lengthy recovery, I guess, in terms of, you know, I have to wear a compression bra for eight weeks. I want to be able to remember um, and share with you accurately the things that happen in each week. So that's why I will do it weekly or maybe even fortnightly if not a lot changes, but I just didn't want to forget things. So I will apologize now if throughout this podcast there's any chopping and changing and the audio quality may vary because it will all just depend upon how sit I close to, how close I sit to the microphone and those sorts of things and whether or not I record during the day or of an evening. It's currently 7 p.m. on Monday and my two little bugs are upstairs. They're sorted and they're ready for bed, but they're having a sleepover. So you may even hear them chitter-chattering in the background, but If I don't sit down and do it now, then it may never happen. It will become one of those things that I wished I had done in week one. So as I mentioned, it is Monday and it is officially one week since I had my surgery. So the operation that I had is a breast lift and breast reduction. Now, my surgeon explained to me that whilst we're calling it a reduction, He didn't actually remove any tissue from my breast. It was just skin. So where to start? I guess um, it's funny because I recently spoke to my grandma who I just love. You know how you just have people in your family who you just feel really connected with? That's my grandma for me, my dad's mom. And she said to me on the phone when I spoke to her while I was recovering, she said, oh, I'm so glad that you've done this because you've wanted this since you were 17. And I knew that, like I knew that I'd wanted it done since I was a teenager, but just to hear her so clearly recall that, I was like, yes, like I really have wanted this done for so long. And here I am at 32, finally having it done. So I've always had a small frame. Like I've, you know, my weight's fluctuated like most women, but I've always been pretty small, whether I'm a size six or a size eight. I've had a larger bust 
And, you know, in high school, I was a double D to even an E at times. And, you know, some teenage girls have that small frame and that big cup size and they're really perky and full. But my breasts were never like that. They were always heavy and just not, I don't know, just like not sitting up they would always (laughs) sit down oh my gosh this is kind of hard to explain I'm like doing all the hand gestures but they were just always heavy and I even explored my options with my GP going through Medicare for a reduction when I was a teenager because I felt as though I couldn't do all of the things that I wanted to do I suffered from back aches um, just lots of things and people would often be surprised that I had such a big cup size because I would hide it really well I would never wear bras that lifted my chest upwards. I would always wear bras that squished them and flattened them in because I didn't want to be super voluptuous as a teenager, I guess. I was probably a bit self-conscious. I can remember feeling frustrated and bothered that I could never wear the things that my friends were wearing or that I had to have special considerations for dance costumes or things like that and even finding a formal dress in grade when I attended as a date for a grade 12 formal so I must have been 17-ish it was such a nightmare trying to find a dress that I could wear a bra underneath or a dress that if I went braless that I could be supported enough in and I say a nightmare and obviously it was always in perspective like it was annoying and I didn't beat myself up over it but I certainly had moments of frustration and I think just genetically I was predispositioned to have heavier saggier boobs and as I mentioned my beautiful grandma she just has that shape as well like she's skinny little legs with massive boobs and um, you know my mom as well so anyway From a young age, I never had great perky boobs and it is what it is. And then obviously going through my 20s and then falling pregnant with twins and having our boys, there are so many changes that happen. You know, through my 20s, I lost a lot of weight. I gained weight. My breasts became really stretched and then falling pregnant, they became absolutely gigantic (laughs) like bigger than my head each they were huge I had colostrum from really early on during pregnancy and then obviously when my milk came in they just got even bigger and bigger and bigger and with breastfeeding and expressing as well I had to produce so much milk and it was just a lot and then once I finished breastfeeding and I didn't breastfeed for long at all but once I finished and my milk dried up then my boobs kind of dried up as well and whilst they were still um, big there was no volume to them so I would still be wearing like a 10 double d or a 10 e but not filling the cup if that makes sense it's kind of hard to explain without showing a photo but It just, it wasn't great. And, you know, again, I've always kept it in perspective. You know, I've always been really grateful for what I do have, but there have been times when it's gotten me down or it's bothered me. And I guess I always have said to people, oh, like my nipples are super low, my boobs are super saggy. And people just don't believe me because I've always been aware of it and I've always managed it and I've always dressed in a way that I guess disguises that so you know I had my go-to swimmers which I would always wear I had the same swim top in like 10 colors because it had underwire it had adjustable straps it was safe that kept them contained so like once you find something that works you just buy it in all the colors but I never really found a bra that was super, super comfortable. I wore a lot of strapless bras, which is surprising, but because I didn't have like a lot of volume, I guess I could get away with the strapless, but still that like there was so much discomfort 
and I would always have to be wearing a bra. Like I could never not wear a bra. And, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this where you get home after a long day of wearing a bra, you take your bra off and then someone wants to pop in and it's like, oh, fuck, I've got to get the bra back on because your boobs are literally so low. If you can't relate, then great. (laughs) But for those who are listening along who are like, yes, I feel that. And, you know, just the pain, like the the backaches, the discomfort, all of that stuff. And I had always jokingly, well, not jokingly, I guess I was serious, obviously. I had always said I really wanted to get a boob job. So much so that one of my really good friends at my baby shower actually bought me a glass jar that said boob job fund on it and put $100 in it Um, because I just always spoken about getting them done. And so anyway, fast forward to having the boys, all of that stuff. I just never prioritized going and having consultations or exploring my options because whilst it bothered me it didn't bother me enough to want to sacrifice time with the kids or to be able to not lift to not be able to lift the boys that was a big thing for me so I'd always said oh like I'm gonna wait till they're in school and then I'll explore my options and then literally before I know it my kids are at school and it's term three and I'm thinking well actually it was term two and I started exploring my options and I'm thinking you know what let's just see what options are available and in the past couple of years there have been there has been so much talk about breast implant illness and also just the link between implants and cancer and things like that that have made me super wary of not wanting an implant not only that side of things because I've spoken with women in real life who have suffered from breast implant illness And, you know, I definitely believe it's a real thing for a lot of women. And so there's that. But I also am just really aware that I seem to be super sensitive to to taking synthetic, I guess, supplements or to like foreign things in my body. So if I take the birth control pill, I am so unwell. Like I can't actually take a pill because... You know, I mean, I say I can't maybe if I try every single one and I have a really low dosage or whatever it is. But any any one that I've tried in the past, it makes me violently ill for as long as I take it. I can't keep the pill down. It just makes me really, really nauseous, just doesn't seem to agree with my system. And because I did go through such a rough time with my health in my early 20s, I'm really hesitant to mess with my health because I feel like I'm in such a good place. So for me, the thought of putting an implant in and running the risk of those side effects, plus just not feeling great, not to mention for me personally, and again, it's such a personal thing. I have never been drawn to the really big round look for myself. I can appreciate it on another woman for sure, but I think maybe it's just because I'm aware that I do wear fake tan and I do have blonde hair and I can look quite Gold Coast. I don't want to go down the path of also having like that big kind of dull bust. It's just not something that I've ever aspired to have. It also probably has a lot to do with the fact that I've always had boobs, but I've never wanted to put them out there. Like I've never worn anything that really... I mean, sure, I say I've never worn anything. Probably when I was 18 to 20 going out, I would wear things that would show my cleavage a bit more, but I've never been one to really enhance the cleavage, more hide it. So I didn't want the big bolt on, the big fake look. I just really wanted natural, like a natural look, like the natural shape. And I just wanted them to be lifted and perkier and smaller. You know, I just really wanted to be able to not wear a bra. And so anyway, I began researching surgeons. And when I say researching, I just started looking at different websites, seeing their photos, that sort of thing, reading about them. Um, And I wasn't doing it seriously. Like I would just dabble. I would look at different surgeons and I would come back and, you know, take screenshots and send them to my friends and all of that sort of thing. And then a couple of months ago, I thought, you know, you know what? I'm actually going to explore this. I want to find out how much it costs. I want to find out about downtime. And I just want to see if there's a surgeon that I connect with who 
straight away gets what I want. Something that I really pride myself on is being aware and being in tune and noticing how people are when I'm communicating with them. And this is something that I've learned over the last couple of years and something that I am really proud of. And it has served me really, really well because I think we've all been in situations where you just know that you're not being heard and you either have the choice to go, okay, I'm just going to trust trust (laughs) or okay no I don't feel like I'm being heard and I certainly had instances throughout this process where I felt as though I wasn't being heard and I'd had surgeons say to me you're not going to be happy without an implant like you're just not you're you have such sag and your breasts are not going to sit up and they're not going to look good like they're going to be too far apart you're not going to be happy with them you really need an implant And for me, I would have rathered just put up with the sag than have an implant put in or go through a process not feeling 100% heard or 100% certain that they understood what I wanted. And it wasn't until I had a Skype consult with Dr. Vessels from One Cosmetics in Sydney and straight away. So I had sent him um, a pre-consult questionnaire and images which P.S. it's actually very confronting to take imagery of an area of your body that you, you know, obviously I know what it looks like, but it's an area that I had been, I have been, I had been, <laughs> past tense now, so used to disguising, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, um, or just looking past and not really taking it in. So it was really confronting to actually do some self-timer photos and look at them objectively and be like, oh, wow, okay, so that's <laughs> that's what's going on there. And so I had sent off the questionnaire, which was pretty standard. It was just, you know, like your height, your weight, all of those sorts of things, and the photos which were front on, side on, I think maybe even leaning forward maybe if I remember correctly, which was the worst. I have photos leaning forward, and I kid you not – way too much information, but we're all friends here. Like pretty much like crepe paper socks is what I'm going to say. That's kind of the vibe (laughs) um, of how my breasts would sit naturally leaning forward pre-surgery. And then I had my consults with Dr. Vessels and (laughs) yes, you have to say his name like that, Dr. Vessels. Um, Straight away, everything he was saying, I was like, boom, like music to my ears and not in a sales pitch way. Like not in a, he wasn't telling me what I wanted to hear way. He was telling me facts. Like he was straight up said, no, I wouldn't put an implant in you. And I was like, bang, that's great. That's what I want to hear. And he said, you know, we can definitely, he said, you're a great candidate for a lift, but you're still going to have a gap in between your breasts. Like you're not going to have Instagram boobs, I think were his words. And He said, you're still going to have like a bit of a ski slope at the top of your breasts. Um, And, you know, given that you're a quite heavy double D right now. And he said, once I see you in person, we'll know more because he'll be able to obviously hold the breast, measure it and all of that. But he said, from photos and what I've said, he's confident that he could get me to a lifted full C, like a really perky C without an implant. And so I was like, yes, like I'm so excited by that. And he also went into things like my lifestyle. So he was saying, you know, obviously you're active, you train, you don't want big boobs that are going to get in your way. Like we can, we can craft (laughs) the boobs of your dreams pretty much. He didn't say that. That's just what I heard. But he was saying we can craft boobs that are going to work really well for your lifestyle But he was honest, like he said, they're not going to be the perfect fake look. And I was like, good, because I don't want that. I'm 32. I'm a mum. I just want to be able to feel confident in different outfits. And I want to be able to not be in pain. And I just want to like not have to hold them all the time if I don't have a bra on, you know, just to, I don't know. I'm so excited for when I can get this compression bra off and just wear a singlet without a bra. Like that will just be amazing. And so Dr. Vessel spoke about the scarring. He took me through um, 
what he would have to do, I guess, and what I would need to expect and be comfortable with. And he is very, like, he's lovely, but he's very matter of fact. Like, straight away, he was like, you're going to have to be comfortable with this type of scar. But he takes so much pride in his work that I felt really confident that it would be a really neat scar. And for myself, I had a C-section with the boys nearly six years ago and you can barely see my scar. Like I've shown it before on Instagram because it's it's hardly there. And so I thought to myself like, yes, I'm okay with having scars there because I feel confident that my skin will, I guess, fade to that point where they're really, really fine. And his work is so good that it gave me so much faith in my scar because I know myself with my obstetrician he has such a great reputation reputation (laughs) such a great reputation for really really neat scars and it can vary from surgeon to surgeon so I just felt really assured by everything that Dr. Vessels was saying Um, and he was like go away think about it and just really drilled into me the reality of what it would be like um I guess the thing that I liked about him is that he didn't want to sell me any false false, like false promises and he just really listened to me because I was saying I really want a gap still, all of that stuff. So it was good. And then I got off the phone. I was so excited and I just kept thinking about it and I went back and forth with emails a little bit with One Cosmetics and they were happy to go ahead and book me in for the surgery, but I really felt as though I wanted to go down in person prior to that surgery date because it's a big thing. And one of my biggest fears was that I would have it done and regret it. Like I would either feel like I looked completely different or I looked really heavy set. Like I've had girlfriends before who have had um, their breasts augmented And it just changes like their whole body composition and it does make them look a little more heavy set. And they've said that they feel like they have to change the way they dress or they've had to like modify other areas of their body to compensate and balance it out. And I just had that fear because I was genuinely happy other than, you know, not being pumped about my boobs. Like I wasn't going into this thinking, I need this boob job to make me really happy. It was just like, okay, this is something I've always said I would consider and I want to look into my options, if that makes sense. And so I went down and met with the team um, and they were amazing. From the moment I met Dr. Vessels, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm going ahead with him. And we just went over everything that we did in the consult. He also took some measurements. He also was able to feel the breast tissue, which you know, that's something that can be quite confronting for someone to to go through, I guess, just to, you know, to meet a random stranger, well, you know, if I say random stranger, but to be, to, to be touched and I guess to be measured and poked and prodded can be a bit confronting, but I felt very safe and very comfortable the whole time, such a professional environment and just everything he was saying sounded great we went through what to expect with recovery and again I'm a real realist I definitely consider myself optimistic and a glass half full kind of person but I'm realistic and I feel as though Dr. Vessels is as well and so I had that consult super happy and then went ahead with paying my deposit for the surgery which was going to be the following week And what else? I also had a beauty concierge service um, arranged, which my personal assistant, Melissa, suggested we do. Well, actually, truthfully, my girlfriend had used this service and she sent me their Instagram and was like, look, you're going interstate. You need support. Like this isn't something that you want to be doing on your own. Have a look at this account. And their Instagram account is pure you. I'll pop the tags in the show notes. Yeah, that's right. The tags in the show notes. Um, And they are a beauty concierge service. So they just support you with recovery packs that include everything you might need post-surgery, but also with support in terms of getting you to and from your appointments and looking after you. They can even stay overnight if that's a package that you want. They just really make sure that you feel cared for because a lot of people that are having 
you know, surgery, it's such a sensitive and emotional time and you do want to feel loved for and cared for. And I had planned to go completely by myself and (laughs) on paper, not ideal given everything that had been happening and is happening in my life. But it's just one of those things that I thought, okay, just head down, bum up, go get it done, get it sorted. And my surgery was booked for a Monday and I think it was the Thursday before or the Friday, must have been the Friday, my girlfriend Kelly sent me a voice message on WhatsApp and she said, you know, like two more days till your surgery or three more sleeps or whatever it was. And I just sent her a message back, bursting into tears saying, oh my gosh, I'm not even excited. Like this is something I've wanted to do. This is an investment I've wanted, like I've wanted to do this, but I'm not excited. And I want to be like, I wish I was counting down the days, but really I'm not. I'm feeling super overwhelmed. I'm scared. I'm worried I'm making an error in leaving the kids. I'm just worried about everything because I've shared in another podcast episode and over on social media, but moving through a separation a couple of months earlier and, you know, still currently, is confronting when you're having surgery because on the day that I went down for my consult, I was filling out my pre-hospital, um, pre-admissions paperwork. And, you know, you get to the part where it's next of kin and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone to put there. Who do I put there? Um, so I met, yeah, I messaged my friend back and I'm like, no, I'm not excited and I don't know if I want to do it. And I was really teary and to be fair, also due for my period. And within an hour, even less probably, she'd sent me a text message that said, guess what? And I was like, what? Like, what could it be? And she said, I'm coming to Sydney with you. And so within that time space, she had arranged her kids to be cared for. She had reached out to the beauty concierge service to find out my flights. She had rearranged her whole life for three nights and was coming with me. And that like I just burst into tears and I think I cried on and off for maybe an hour and a half afterwards because I just felt so cared for in that moment. And it's probably something that I had been missing. Not probably, definitely something I felt that I had been missing in the last couple of months. And I'm so glad that she came with me because on the actual day of surgery, it just would have been really lonely not having her there. So if you are considering having surgery interstate or even in your own state, I do really recommend having a support person there, which might seem super simple and obvious, but I know for a lot of us as mums, our support people are caring for our little people. So, you know, just really, really making sure you have someone that is there for you. And it changed everything for me because Whilst it was still incredibly hard to leave the boys, like very, very, very hard. It's the longest time I've been away from them. It did make it a little more exciting and a little more fun knowing that I had someone to get excited with on the plane ride down there and to check into the accommodation and just to have that support was really, really special. And so we flew down on a Sunday afternoon and my surgery was Monday morning, last Monday. I had to be at hospital at 7 a.m. So the Sunday night before, Kelly and I went out for dinner. Obviously no drinks because you cannot drink before surgery. Not that I'm a big drinker anyway. And it was just fun. It was nice. I was actually really, really tired if I'm honest. I was just wiped out. But just nice to, I guess, eat a meal somewhere new and be in a new place and just know that the surgery was happening the next day. I had to fast from midnight onwards, which isn't a problem. If you can get your surgery done first thing in the morning, I highly recommend it. I don't know whether it's actually a choice that everyone gets. I was just given that time slot, but made it so much easier because fast overnight, no water from 5am, admitted into hospital at 7am, first cab off the rank there was no waiting really just the normal amount of going in for your admissions then being taken into another room where they put the gown on you they did an ECG just to check my heart check the blood pressure all of that stuff and then the anesthetist came in and spoke with me about what was going to happen there got my compression stockings on all of that stuff and then I was wheeled into surgery and Kel was with me right up until the point where I went into like the pre-surgery room 
And I was really, I was worried about this because when I had my C-section, I really had a massive panic attack, which I think I've spoken about on the podcast. Um, And I was scared that I would have that again, but I didn't. I definitely was feeling mum guilt and mum guilt's not something that I get a lot which I know is a bit of a controversial thing to say because surely as mums we should all feel guilty all the time but I don't get it a lot but lying there about to go under to be put under and I've never been put under before I had massive mum guilt because I was like far out I've left the kids for this you know and I kind of just did go down that slippery slope of is this the right thing all of that stuff and all of the staff at the hospital were amazing and then before I knew it Dr. Vessels came in to see me and he marked me up did all the pens all over me we spoke again about the plan he reassured me on everything I was like and there's going to be a gap isn't there like I just don't want to wake up and have my boobs touching in the middle of my chest um and he just was very kind and very lovely and just reassured me and then before I knew it I was on the table and I was being you know, knocked out, I guess, for lack of a better word, put under is the right terminology. And then, so the last thing I remember is being put under, they were, you know, they obviously talk to you, like ask you things like, where do you live? And all of that stuff as you drift off. And then the next thing I remember was being in recovery and looking down and having a lemonade ice block in my hand, but I didn't have the coordination to get it up to my mouth. And I just remember thinking like, what the fuck? Like, why is there a lemonade ice block in my hand? And I was just in and out, like really, really in and out of it. Um, It seemed to really affect me. It took me ages to come out of it. And then I was wheeled into a hospital room, but again, just in and out and in and out. Like I just slept So my surgery, I think, was just under three hours. I could be wrong on time there, but I think it was just under three hours. And so that would have happened around eight or nine, I guess, by the time all the marking happens. And I wasn't actually discharged until about 5.30 p.m. because I was just so nauseous and so out of it. Um, So I had the girls, the women from PUEU, the beauty concierge service, get me back to the hotel and they were great. You know, they had the spew bags, which I did need on the ride home. Um, they just, they had it all covered. You know, they had a pillow in the car to go across my chest with the seatbelt. They were going super slow over all the speed bumps. They really, really looked after me, got me up to my hotel room, set up all of the pillows. They'd also organized a recovery pack to be there when I checked in on Sunday, which had a boomerang pillow and a neck pillow and Anything and everything you could pretty much want, including a probiotic for once you finish your antibiotics, move a call because often after surgery, people struggle to um, make a bowel movement. There's, what else? There was so much stuff in there, like coconut wipes, um, scar tape, like just so much stuff. And so they set all the pillows up in a way that they have found to be most comfortable because you do have to sit upright, which is a really annoying part of recovery when I say sit upright what I meant is you have to sleep upright and normally I sleep on my side and kind of in I don't want to say fetal position but almost like I kind of curl over on my side so for me sleeping in like a upright seated position is really really annoying but I got back to the hotel at maybe 6 6 30 and rather than go straight to bed I stayed awake for a bit because I thought if I can just stay on normal the normal body clock rather than if I pass out at 6 6 30 I might wake up at 3 all of that stuff so I stayed awake till 8 8 30 and then I was out like a light I didn't eat anything at all because I was so nauseous um and I slept the whole way through didn't wake up overnight once woke up at 5 5 30 the next day um Something to note is you obviously, maybe not obviously, but you can't use your arms to get comfortable in bed. So one thing that I think is an advantage for me is I was pretty fit and I had pretty good core strength. So I could really use my abs to get up and down and in and out of bed. And I had strong enough legs. I'm saying had like, oh, I haven't trained in so long. It's been a week. 
Um, but I'm so bloated. It's not funny. So having good core strength pre-op has really helped, I believe. And then what else? I was sent home from hospital with painkillers and a script for an anti-nausea medica- medication and also told I can take Panadol or Nurofen. But after coming out from going under and feeling so nauseous, I just thought to myself, I don't want to take the strong painkillers if I don't need to because a couple of months ago I had a tooth removed and it was freaking awful. I took the painkillers and I was so sick, like so violently ill. I'm just so sensitive to them. And so I woke up on the Monday and the way I would describe the discomfort level was sunburn. It felt as though I had been really, really sunburnt across my chest and then putting a bra on top of that. So if you have big boobs, and you've been sunburnt under your boobs, you'll know what I mean. Like that raw part under your breast that doesn't see the sun, but if you lie back and you get sunburnt, then you have to put a bra on. That's how it felt and kind of still feels a bit now. So it just felt uncomfortable, not overly painful, just uncomfortable. It was definitely super, super groggy, um, but I could get myself up. I could get myself to the toilet. I could get my own contact lenses in, um, which I was stoked about because you hear so many stories about not even being able to lift your hands to touch your face or your arms to get that range of motion. So I was really happy that I could just stand, I could pour myself a drink, all of those things. Um, And yeah, I just took it super slow that Monday. I didn't sleep throughout the day, which my girlfriend who was with me was really surprised at, but I think I did pretty well for those couple of days while I was in Sydney. On the Tuesday, the Tuesday, I want to say. So yeah, no, Tuesday, I did nothing. I stayed in the apartment all day and just went slow. Then the Wednesday, we went down to Starbucks for a tea and a bit of a stroll around the shops. But I was very, very slow, but it just felt good to get out and some fresh air. And then I definitely had trouble sleeping at night because of sleeping upright. Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Thursday, I had my um, checkup appointment with Dr. Vessels. And oh my gosh, when he took the bra off and the bandages off, I wanted to just like kiss him and hug him and squeeze him, but I couldn't because I don't think he'd appreciate it. And obviously I can't really squeeze anyone with my sore boobs. But when he removed the dressing and I looked in the mirror, I was just like, holy fuck. Like I got really teary and emotional because the results were more than I could have expected, like way more than I could have expected. And before the operation, I got my girlfriend to take some photos of me topless just so I could remember exactly how everything was pre-op. And I was saying to her, oh, I'm so nervous. What if I hate it? And she was laughing and she looked at me and she was like, there is no way. There's no way that you're going to march into his office and ask for your old boobs back. Like, there's just no way. Like, whatever you end up with is going to be better than these. And that just made me laugh and made it lighter. And yeah, when I saw them for the first time post-op, I was just blown away. Like, like far exceeded my expectations. Straight away, I was sending photos to everyone. I'm like, who wants to see them? Like, to all of my friends. Um, and yeah. Like I've got the biggest smile on my face just thinking about that. And that was only Thursday and today's only Monday. And every time since, like when I have a shower and I remove the compression bra, I just get the biggest smile on my face because he has done an outstanding job and really, really like just nailed what I wanted. So I still have tape on, which is waterproof tape. So I can shower. Um, I'll backtrack a little bit. You can shower, or in my case, I was told I could shower 24 to 48 hours after surgery. But when I went to have a shower, Kelly helped me take the bra off. And when I took the bra off, that was the first time I was really in pain. So we just put the bra straight back on. And I was like, you know what? Bird bath is fine. Um, So I went for like four days without showering, five days even. Um, I'm quite bruised around my underarms because Dr. Vessels also did some lipo there so that once my breasts were lifted, I didn't get that flabby fold of skin, which was something that I think would have really bothered me because I do wear a lot of strapless things. I also wear a lot of thin strapped things. 
Um, so I'm so glad that he did that because I have seen before and afters from other clinics where they obviously haven't done that and the boobs have been pushed up, but then it changes their, the woman's decolletage. It gives them more flab and I didn't want that. So I am a bit beat up from the lipo. I still have the tape on. I have to wear a compression bra pretty much 24 hours a day, except for when I'm showering. Although if I'm having a longer shower, I have actually been leaving a compression bra on because I feel so much more supported with it on and it just feels better with the water running over my chest um I am insanely bloated I look like I'm 14 months pregnant (laughs) with quads I'm so bloated I can't believe it people said to me oh you might be bloated after surgery and I was like oh hopefully not I'm freaking huge and I feel really really sluggish and slow still On the scales, I've put on like five kilos, which I think is just bloat and fluid maybe. I don't know. I've sent an email off to One Cosmetics to be like, is this like amount of bloat okay? And is there anything I should be doing? Um, And if one more person tells me to have a peppermint tea, (laughs) I've been having all the peppermint tea. We are way past the point of peppermint tea, gal friends. It is rough. Um... Pain-wise, I've not had to have any of the hard painkillers at all post-surgery. So I have like not had anything. I've had Panadol and Nurofen on the Tuesday, Wednesday, but nothing since then. And I just haven't needed it. I do have moments of, oh, that's a bit ouchy. You know, like if I lean forward because mum life goes on. You know, on Friday morning, I was here making lunches by myself still have to do the washing, those sorts of things. I just go like one article of clothing at a time. I'm back driving now, which is good. But even that, I feel like I have to be very, very cautious of. And because I'm right-handed, I feel so much stronger on my right side. So I'm using my right hand a little more because on the left, I just feel weaker. Um, But that's kind of the gist of where I'm at a week in. Super bloated over the moon with the results I still have the tape on and the compression bra but so that means I haven't seen the scars but so happy with the shape and the positioning like you just you have no idea I'll have to share the like the photo somewhere maybe over on the one cosmetics account because I know it's not something that everyone wants to see but it's funny like people just never believed me before when I would talk about how saggy my boobs were you yeah if you see the photos you'll be like oh okay got it um but anyway this podcast has been going for a lifetime and I thought it would just be a quick update but I just wanted to put as much info in here as possible because like I said when I was looking for info I really wanted it so I will update you along the way with my recovery I was going to do just one long podcast episode but I might have to break it down into different installments but anyway however it comes out I'll have the content available for those who are interested. Um, I've had a lot of questions about pricing and things like that. I can't give you a price because I'm not a surgeon and I can't give you a consultation. I think the thing to remember is we spend so much money, so much money on our houses and our cars, but really our body is our home. So that doesn't take away the costing, but if you look at it in that way of like, your body is where you live, then it does kind of help you to reframe any investment. But anyway, I will touch base with you soon and keep you updated on my progress. And hopefully I stop looking super, super pregnant. (laughs) Fingers crossed. All right. So I'm jumping back in now for part two of this podcast. And I think because part one was so lengthy, I'll just do this little update and team it with part one and that will be one installment and then I'll continue to record and keep you updated otherwise it's going to be like a three hour four hour story and that would probably be just a touch tedious um so for those who are interested I wanted to just keep updating on how the recovery is going so I'm officially two weeks post-surgery yesterday was the two-week anniversary of my new boobs. Um, I woke up today, which is officially one day out of the two-week window, feeling like myself, which is really, really nice. Prior to this, I have really not felt at all like myself in a lot of ways. 
So I guess to take you back through the last week, my bruising has dramatically improved to the point now where I just have one slightly yellow bruise on my right hand side, right hand side, kind of near my armpit area. I still have dressings on, which I'll talk about soon. So I've not actually seen what's going on under there. But just in terms of the symptoms that I experienced post-surgery, I wanted to really start there because as I would have mentioned in the last um, recording, the thing that I've struggled with the most, in all honesty, has been the way that my body um, went kind of into this massive bloat mode. And I I think that I mentioned just how bloated it was. It was beyond anything I've ever experienced in terms of the size of the bloat and the discomfort level. And I definitely had moments of going, oh my gosh, I really not regret the surgery, but I wasn't mentally prepared for this side effect. Prior to having the surgery, people certainly suggested to me that you might be a little swollen, a little bloated after being operated on after having the surgery. But my focus was really more on how will my chest area feel like I imagine that I would have a lot of tightness I have girlfriends who have had implants before I don't know anyone personally that's had a lift without implants so I didn't have that scope of knowledge I guess but from my girlfriends who have had implants I was expecting actually I take that back um, one one friend I know has had a lift without implants and her recovery was really good as well. But I was kind of just thinking she might be just a, a freak of nature because she kind of is um, in the best way possible. But from my friends who have had an implant, I was really expecting a lot of tightness of my chest and not being able to lift my arms up and things like that. And I have had restricted movement for the first week in particular. I had really like little T-Rex arms And then that has just dramatically improved. So I did struggle with things like opening jars. Like I have these large jars in my pantry, which you might've seen on Instagram stories that have um, muesli and kids cereal and oats and things like that and rice cakes. There were definitely times in the last fortnight that I couldn't open those jars because just the force of having to unscrew the lid felt like too much force. But with each and every day, it has gotten dramatically better. And I feel like now I have a much more normal range of movement from about a week in, I would say that I could really comfortably, or yeah, a week in, put my hair up in a bun and things like that. So I have no problems doing my hair now. I had to get it washed twice. I went to Minogue Salon and had my hair washed um, and blow dried twice because I just wasn't confident that I could give my hair a good wash and also hold my arms up enough to dry it or straighten it so that was really good and I recommend organizing that if you're having surgery just having that booked in because if you're anything like me when your hair gets dirty and you just feel average and gross there's only so much dry shampoo you can use but I washed my own hair the other night with no problem and no pain at all I am now able to do things like open the jars Um, simple things it's little things like be able to put my towel over the top of the shower wall just those things that you kind of forget about in the past fortnight I've definitely been very aware of driving I didn't drive for the first five days maybe Um, but then when I was driving I felt like my right hand side needed to overcompensate for my left so I was using my right arm to put the car in park and things like that whereas now I feel confident in my ability to use both arms equally. As I mentioned, the bloat for me has been the most uncomfortable side effect. And I will also say that I got my period this weekend that's just passed and my cycle was 12 days longer than it normally is. So that would certainly add to the bloat situation as well as whatever was happening. I'll have to upload a photo somewhere because you might be like, oh yeah, sure. You were bloated. Like literally I looked very, very pregnant and very uncomfortable. I really am very grateful for the support that I've had from the surgeon and also the anesthetist. So when I got in touch with my surgeon to let them know about the bloating and sent photos and things like that, they were amazing. They were straight on the phone to just explore everything in terms of like bowel movements and 
the discomfort level, I, again, this might be too much information, but let's just go for it. When you have surgery, it's quite common to become constipated. I did not have that issue at all. I was super regular as per normal from the very next morning after surgery, which was great. I didn't need to use the Movacol or any laxatives or anything like that, just straight back to normal. I So that was one of the things that the surgeon wanted to explore is, you know, are you having regular bowel movements? Because that, of course, could be adding to the bloated um, discomfort, but that wasn't an issue for me. So I also spoke to the anesthetist and that he suggested lots of walking, but just gentle walking. So from about day nine post-op, I started walking twice a day, but just slowly. So walking for like half an hour of a morning and then half an hour of an evening, if I could, if I didn't have the kids or just if I could fit it in around that. And truthfully, I didn't feel like walking because it was uncomfortable to do so. But I think that has helped. Also drinking lots and lots of water to just flush everything out. Everything out. I also invested in a higher quality probiotic. I was taking just kind of a more basic one. So I went to the health food store and got one of those, um, which is one, it's a powder that I put into water and that seems to have helped as well. What else? Um, there are a couple of other suggestions that I did use, but I won't go into them here because I don't know if they're exactly the right thing. Just things like, you know, health food, um, you know, whether it's charcoal tablets or whatever it is, all of that stuff. But from maybe day 11, day 12, I started to notice a reduction in just how uncomfortable I was of a morning. So I was waking up and my stomach was less inflamed, but by the end of the day, still quite inflamed. So it's been like a gradual improvement. And even now, as I said, it's day 15 post-op, I'm still bloated compared to what I normally am. I normally have um, I guess you'd say visible abs. I just don't have those right now, but I can at least fit into my clothes, which is nice. It might sound like very first world to complain about being swollen and bloated, but having like, it's kind of hard to explain, but I normally feel so good within myself and I am so in tune with my body. So from going from that, like feeling very in tune to my body and like a well-oiled machine and feeling as though I had a really good grip on my gut health to literally gaining seven kilograms on the scale, which obviously it's not fat, but it's still seven kilos on my frame was confronting and uncomfortable and I wasn't expecting it. So that really was the trickiest thing for me with recovery. I still didn't need any pain medication at all other than what I had when they put me under. Um, what else? Still in the second week, sleeping upright on a boomerang pillow that was in my Pure U recovery pack. So I'm very, very thankful for that. I am now sleeping better, but still in week two, I was struggling to sleep because the whole sleeping upright thing when you're used to being a side sleeper is really, really tricky. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I yeah, have still had the tapes and dressing on, showering most days twice a day without a bra on. I think I mentioned in the first recording that I, if I was having a longer shower, like shaving my legs and things like that, I would actually be showering with a bra on still because I felt like I just needed that support and then changing into a dry bra. But now I feel good um, enough to have the bra off long enough to have a shower, which is nice. I have to wear this compression bra for eight weeks. So um, still just getting used to that, I guess. And what else? I went to take the dressings and tapes off last night, which is officially two weeks after the operation. And I just couldn't do it. And it's not because of the pain of pulling the tape off. I'm fine with that. Like, obviously I'm not sadistic. I don't enjoy the pain, but I can cope with that. It's more... I'm very, very squeamish. It took me so long to even look at my C-section scar, let alone touch it. So when I was trying to peel the dressings off last night and I could actually see what's under the tapes, I honestly thought I was going to pass out, which again might seem dramatic, but it's honestly a fear of mine because I'm solo with the kids. So if I passed out, I don't know, that's just, it's very confronting for me. And I just, 
I could feel my stomach churning and, you know, before you throw up when your mouth gets like a bit watery and you're like, oh, it's going to happen. I just couldn't do it. So I sent um, Dr. Vessels a message on Instagram and a video of what I could see. And he was like, look, it's not worth you stressing out over. Stop. Don't pull the tapes off. We will get it sorted. So I'm very, very relieved for that. Um, And I'll update you on taking the tapes off in my next week's recording because I don't want to preempt anything. Um, But fingers crossed, everything is fine. I now feel like I can get around with so much more ease, like just walking around and my shoulders are starting to relax. That's something else that I didn't necessarily expect was I would have pain, more pain in my shoulders than I would in my actual chest region. And that's simply because you're overcompensating for what's going on at the front there. So just being tense about what's happened can affect your shoulders. I think also just being taped up can, wearing a bra all the time. It just can change your posture. So I've definitely had aching shoulders. I've been using a cream. I think it's called a blue healer cream. Um, and that's been really, really helpful because it's not one that stings. Like it's not a um, like a Voltaren type thing. It's more natural. I'll have to pop an Instagram story up with it to show you what it is. It's it's It just seems to work well on relaxing my shoulders. I've been putting that on myself every night and it seems to have made a big difference. I feel as though I can stand up straight again. I can get around a bit more. I, yeah, like walking the dog now is fine. So I would definitely say, and again, I can't predict, I don't have a crystal ball, but I would say just based off my own experience, the first two weeks are probably what to expect to not really feel like yourself if you're going down this path and it's one thing to expect it and it's another thing to live it so just remind yourself that if you are having this surgery for the first two weeks just be very very gentle on yourself lots of good food lots of water walking when you feel like you can and just surrounding yourself with any positivity that you have access to will be helpful as well I thought in this episode, I would also touch on a couple of things that I would suggest for anyone else who is perhaps looking at this surgery. So the first is to find a surgeon that you're really, really comfortable with, um, shop around and go off people's experience for sure. I think there's nothing better than word of mouth. And if you know someone who's had a procedure done with a surgeon, I think that that just speaks so much, um, in that surgeon's favor definitely check out One Cosmetics in Sydney. I have had nothing but amazing um, communication and the results. I can't wait to show you the results. Um, I don't know how much I'll show, but everyone that I have shown is just gobsmacked at at the difference. It's life-changing. It's so different. And now that I'm feeling better within myself, now I'm like, I just keep finding myself smiling when I'm getting changed. And I just feel so I don't know, so lucky that I've been able to do this, which is great. Um, so I can't speak highly enough of One Cosmetics and Dr. Vessels. Always do your own research, though. Definitely have a look at Pure U, which is a beauty concierge service, and their recovery packs. Invaluable, just having everything put together there for you. They also offer the service of going and filling your scripts and things like that, and it's just nice having that little bit of extra support. I also recommend having support people with you. I would not suggest doing this on your own. If I didn't have Kelly down with me in Sydney, I'm not sure how I would have coped, to be honest. Um, But also, to be fair, my life has been a bit stressful of late. So take that into consideration when I'm saying you need someone. Also, be prepared in your own home. I mean, if like me, you're staying somewhere, great. Prepare where you're staying but also be prepared when you get home, such as I didn't think about moving my tea and coffee cups down to the bench height rather than having them in the shelf because there were a couple of times after I'd used the like the tea and coffee mugs at the front of the shelf that I couldn't actually reach the depth to get more from the back. Like I just couldn't extend my arms up enough. Also be prepared for the shoulder aches. Definitely grab some some sort of muscle relaxant cream, I guess, or some sort of soothing cream like that blue healer one that I mentioned. Um, What else? 
boomerang pillow which would come in your recovery pack if you go down that path for sleeping upright definitely as well if you have um, young children or children at all just continually reminding them that you are sensitive in the chest area because you can tell them you can tell them you can tell them but they're still going to run a million miles at you and you don't want to be a killjoy and be like and scare them off when they're running at you full pelt. So I have just been continually reminding the boys gently. Um, what else would I suggest? Let me think. Oh, booking in to have your hair washed and dried. Definitely do that. Have lots of loose clothes ready to go in case like me, you do swell up. I had nothing. I had pretty much nothing that I felt fit me. Um, you need to see a photo of it to grasp the concept really but like I could not do up my jeans and shorts it was beyond the point of just being like a bit firm like I couldn't actually do things up so having some really loose fitting clothes oh actually I've had some great loose fitting jumpsuits and dresses from Sabo skirt which have been game changers as well when it comes to sleeping if you're struggling to sleep chat with your surgeon and explore your options then whether there's like a natural sleeping tablet you can take or if you really are not sleeping because you have to sleep more upright can you take something a little bit stronger do you want to take something a bit stronger is a good conversation to have as well and just walking when you feel like you're up to walking also doing your groceries online is a good idea and having them delivered and having them bought in right up to the kitchen bench I was had to make school lunches like last Friday and even just doing that cutting a sandwich was challenging but I'm back to normal now two weeks in but I had to go and get groceries as well and bless the beautiful boy that works at Coles I had to say oh can you please just put the bags into the trolley for me I can't do that so yeah being prepared with that sort of thing prepare your house or where you're staying They would be my main tips right now. And I guess just to round things out. So two weeks in, I still have my dressings on right now. I'm getting them off tomorrow. I am really, really freaking nervous to see what's under them because I just am not, I don't deal well with the thought of incisions and scars. Um, But I know that Dr. Vessels is very fussy with scars. Like scars is the one thing that he tries to keep very, very neat. I am over the moon with the shape. Like you can't even, like I can't even explain to you without showing you the before and after what a difference it's been. And I had like this boob inspo pick and I didn't think that we'd get close to it at all. I did not think. And it's, (laughs) he's done such an amazing job. Just everything. I'm so happy. And today I also went to the gym for the first time. So I've had two weeks off training completely didn't do much walking in the first week just very slow like walking in slides type of thing but now I feel like I can walk with a bit more pace obviously not lifting weights but it just felt good to be able to get back into that gym environment and move a bit but that's pretty much it for week two so the main takeaways are my swelling has improved I don't have any pain in my boobs really oh occasionally I feel like a little bit of sensitivity in my nipples um and I can't like If I lean forward to put the kids' shoes on or things like that, which I probably shouldn't be doing, um, not just because of my boobs, but because they're nearly six, (laughs) but sometimes I will like tie up their shoelaces or whatever for them. And I can feel like a little bit of a dull ache in my chest, but it's really, it's not bad at all. And that's about it really. So that is two weeks post-surgery. Hopefully next week will be more of an exciting update because I'll be able to fill you in on scars and things like that. If there's any specific questions that you want me to answer in these updates, just comment on Instagram and let me know. But yeah, I am so happy that I did it. So happy. I can't even tell you. I've had moments where I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? But then it's the perfect timing now because The kids don't need to be lifted up. Um, I would have really struggled to not be able to carry them around when they were younger. So that's, I guess, food for thought as well, depending on how old your little ones are. But I do think that if I did have a baby right now or a toddler from two weeks onwards, I would probably be fine in carrying them. But again, I'm not a doctor, just a mum sharing my experience. 
If you enjoyed this episode, bonus episode, let me know. I'm always interested to know if you like the life update style ones or interviews or solo episodes. So feel free to leave me a comment over on Instagram, which is at Kylie Camps. And I do truly appreciate you taking the time to listen and to hit subscribe as well. I love the podcast. I really enjoy this as a platform and I love connecting with you. So thank you very much for allowing me into your home in some capacity via your phone. Talk to you guys soon. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.